0: Hello everyone, and
1: welcome once again to another episode of Modern Manners Guys, Quick and Dirty Tips for a More Polite Life. Cursing can sometimes get a bad rap for being improper, mainly due to how it's being used and by whom. However, I'd like to make an argument that cursing, when done with class, can in fact be a useful tool to have in your arsenal for giving a statement a little extra oomph. For example, As a huge fan of comedy, whether with TV, movies, or stand-up, my range of taste and humor stretches longer than a free burrito line at a Chipotle on a college campus. Whether you're for or against cursing, the real issue is how the curse words are being used and in which context. That is where the real difference between properly cursing and looking brash comes into play. See, if you have to curse because it's your last resort to prove a point, you probably haven't mastered the art of laying a four-letter smackdown to a situation. Yet, when you're able to use cursing to add a greater meaning to a topic in the correct manner, it can be the delicious cherry on top of a sweet scoop of take that. In the workplace, however, properly delivering a corrected timely curse with the right amount of tone to match is something that needs to be addressed and assessed from a manners perspective. Lucky for you, I'm up for the task. So, before you decide to turn your office break room into your personal comedy seller, here are my three rules for cursing in the office. Rule number one, never get too comfortable with cursing. In real estate, agents always talk about location, location, location to make a purchase. And for comedy, it's about audience, audience, audience to make a proper impact. I've mentioned the concept of knowing your audience in a previous episode. And when it comes to using curse words in a work setting, where not everyone may appreciate it, that concept is more important than ever. Here's a true story of a former colleague of mine named Walter. That's not his real name. I'm changing it to protect the not-so-innocent. Whose superpower was not being able to read a room. His other supernatural ability was to have zero concept for what is and what is not considered in good taste. Case in point. During a happy hour to celebrate a coworker named Abby, not their real name either, And their promotion to vice president, all 15 people in attendance took turns saying something sweet about Abby's achievements. One person mentioned that Abby hired them and always had their back. Another said Abby deserved it for being there so long, and so forth. Some comments even had a funny work-related story too. Once Walter saw that humor had entered the party, he was well-prepared when his chance came. And sure enough, he took the time to break out his desire for the big screen. You can tell where this is going. Walter decided it was his golden opportunity to recite a movie scene that showcased a hard-working individual's rise to the top. The movie he chose was a cinematic masterpiece that displayed an insane amount of greed and depravity. The Wolf of Wall Street. Already his choice was off because that movie does anything but promote positive career choices. Yet, Walter went one layer deeper by reciting the scene known as The Rich Man's Speech. If you haven't seen it, Google it. It's legendary. In short, the company's fledgling leader, Jordan Belfort, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, rallies his classless disciples with words of wisdom in a curse-filled tirade about being able to wear a, quote, $2,000 suit and a $40,000 blank watch. That's just a small sample of Walter's funny monologue. Now, in Walter's defense, and no, I'm not defending him at all, but what he was trying to say that his co-worker was so successful that she could now do all those things because of her promotion. Not only was that scene nowhere close to being a good example of Abby, but his tasteless use of cursing showed how deeply inept Walter was to be a professional. Walter's failed attempt at using curse-filled humor was one example of not understanding that this particular type of comedy was not welcomed in his office. Let's be honest, it's not welcomed in any office. Folks, I'm all about lacing a compliment with some humor to make something more playful or personal. However, choose wisely for the sake of the people around you. Cursing in the office is a touchy subject to begin with. Yet, time and time again, when someone who usually enjoys cursing gets too comfortable, they tend to let four letter words fly the moment they see an opportunity to do so. However, close an office may be, don't think just because you're out of the office that it's always a good time to let your guard down with humor. Be it one-on-one, in the elevator, at a happy hour, or at the coffee machine. If your office is not a place that normally talks like a drunken sailor, don't be the
0: one to try and guide the ship off course. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Rule number two, me being me is never a good response. When it comes to someone speaking their mind, there's freedom of speech and well, simply just being a schmuck. To that point, When someone is reprimanded for their tone or opinions utters the sad defense of, hey, I'm just me being me, I want to find the quickest way to escape their ignorance forever. If someone ever resorts to the me being me defense, chances are their version of right and wrong is so incredibly distorted that any common sense has been thrown out the window. When someone says that statement, they are using it to ignore the concept of having to change some flawed behavior they refuse to kick. Whether that behavior is minor or extreme, when you're dealing with the me-being-me person in your office, it can be difficult to get your point through their thick heads. This goes for someone who is a chronic cursor as well. You know this person. They curse around staff, clients, or in public, all while you bury your head. And they add, Sorry, it's just me being me. The ugly cousin to the me-being-me claim is usually when someone blames it on their cultural background or how they grew up. No excuse in the office, I'm sorry. So, when it comes to them cursing in the office as their style or joking around or me being me, you can't tolerate them being themselves as a proper answer. There are two things that happen when a person refuses to alter their method of cursing in the office. First, when someone always overuses cursing, it loses the importance of the word and you can't tell if they're upset or trying to be funny. It's like the classic episode of Seinfeld where Elaine's love interest Dr. Pfeffer, would overuse the word breathtaking to describe several opposing instances. He called Elaine breathtaking, then also referred to a rather ugly baby as breathtaking as well, which threw Elaine in a tailspin of wondering on which level of breathtaking she stood. Same thing goes for cursing. If you overuse a word for emphasis, it takes away the true power and influence of the desired result. you just look like someone who needs to curse because they can't articulate a proper statement without it? Secondly. It ruins the fun of cursing for the entire office. Sometimes cursing is a welcome relief, but not when it's so played out. Rule number three, make it count. The great Muhammad Ali once said, Don't count the days, make the days count. Which is a reminder that if you're going to do something, do it right, every time, every day. I look at that quote when thinking about moments in someone's career when they must stand up for something they believe in. Yes, speaking up is tough. Yet, when it really matters, and when you make it count, people always respect you in the end. I like this quote when trying to make my point about how to properly use cursing in the office. If you're going to do it, make it count, my mannerly friends. Tastefully, of course. Whether you're for or against cursing in the office, or cursing in general, if you've reached the point of no return, in which cursing is the only feasible option, I highly recommend taking the time to craft your foul-mouthed message properly. After all, since cursing is a way to inflict more emotion, good or bad, add intensity, the stronger the better, and put a stamp on a statement, whether funny or frustrated, then make it count. For example, have you ever been in a situation at work where someone who rarely curses decides to do so out of the blue? It's shocking, right? Your eyes wide and your eyebrows rise, and you definitely perk up to hear what's about to come next. The rarity of someone cursing out of the norm Whether it's to make something funnier or to make a statement bolder, always has more effect than using it on the hour. So, when I say to use cursing properly, make it worth your breath to turn heads. If you don't choose wisely, then you can come across as crass, tacky, or worst of all, trying too hard to get your point across, which means it wasn't that important in the first place. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining me, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Please drop me a line. At manners at quickanddirtytips.com. Modern Manners Guy is a quick and dirty tips podcast. Thanks to the amazing team at Quick and Dirty Tips Adam Cecil, Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchins, Davina Tomlin, and my rock star, Dan the Man Firebrand, who is the producer. Our intern is Cameron Lacey, and I'm your host, Richie Freeman. Like I said, drop me a voicemail or email at manners at quickanddirtytips.com. For more information about the show, visit QuickAndDirtyTips.com or check out the show notes in your podcast app. Thanks again, and see you next time.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com/slash investing in America.
1: We've all got old stuff that we should toss, but an old 401k? Make sure it keeps working for you. A Fidelity Rollover IRA has no account fees or minimums to open. An easy-to-follow rollover process makes it simple to get started in under 15 minutes. Plus, you'll have access to a rollover specialist. Whether you've switched jobs or are just organizing your finances, learn more at fidelity.com rollover. Consider all your options and the applicable fees and features of each before moving your retirement assets. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.